0: I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons. Humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you, can't, you, know explain. you can't explain explain, what you feel. It.
1: you felt it your entire life. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there.
0: Communicating with the future, is it possible? Is it possible for us to receive messages from the future in our present time, or from the future's perspective, send messages back into the past? If so, is this a form of time travel, at least from the perspective of information and data flow? Moreover, if that's possible, does that mean then the future can be altered somehow, Which, then, would be influencing the other? Does the present dictate the future? Or is the future dictating how the present will play out and manifest? Or is it a much more complicated, complex system? This is the insanity that runs through my mind, my friends. Dennis Nappy II, here we are once again on the Seeker podcast. I've been trying to put this podcast together for a few months now and whenever I've had the motivation to do it the that divine inspiration I have been unavailable to get to the studio and when I've had the time to do it I've lost that connection to what I'm calling the signal line very similar to remote viewing just that feeling of I want to talk about this so I, I it's Friday night it's 9 30 in the evening it's Friday March 25th tonight. I was ready for bed, and I said, you know what? I need to get myself in the mindset. I need to do this podcast, and I need to move through this part of my life. So I'm coming to you as someone who is uh, exploring my own place in reality, my own consciousness, and my own potential as I've continued to share this journey. I am not coming to you as someone with answers. I'm coming to you as someone with questions. And some of the data that I've collected over the past, I'd say, six months to a year in this little experiment I've been doing, and I've gotten some, some wild results, and I'm trying to figure out how I feel about it, and what to do about it, and what are the implications. Can we see the future? Well, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, that answer is 100% yes. Yes. If you've been following my YouTube channel, if you've been following the work of much more experienced remote viewers, you know this is something that we can learn to do now. We can predict what's going to happen. I want to talk about a series of experiments I've been doing in my personal life using remote viewing, using controlled remote viewing to go into the future. Let me reword that to the i task myself to make contact with aspects of my future consciousness at a point in time that is knowledgeable and willing and able to share information with me in my present time that will be valuable or helpful and i found through these experiments that i'm pulling back data that uh, at the time i had no way of knowing now some of that data is just very insightful data that i do if i sat down and thought of different things i would but i'm the way the information is pre- presented to me in these sessions holds value it gives me a perspective because i'm detaching my conscious thought and just recording the data so we can argue what that is if it's just a meditation if it's remote viewing we can argue that all day long I don't have the answer as to exactly what that is other than it is valuable to me. However, there are events that I will record that then happen in my life. And what I am suspect is happening right now is that I reach out to a point in time in my future, in the present moment, during my remote viewing session, and I record whatever the data is. And then as I get to that point in time in the future and I realize, whoa, this is that thing that happened, I then sit down and I have a way of recording that data. I have a process I go through. It could be just a simple journal entry or a picture, but I make note of that in a a very specific way. And what I'm doing is now I'm closing that loop. I'm acknowledging the two-way communication from the future to the present and then from the present to the future saying, I've received this, this has happened, and it closes that loop. Now, as I'm listening to myself talk here, I understand this sounds wild, sounds crazy. I encourage you to check out um, the last podcast I did and the last few remote viewing sessions I've put up there looking at world events, and it'll, it'll clarify a lot of what I'm talking about if this is new to you. I promise you, this isn't a pat myself on the back. This isn't an ego thing. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm still new at this. I make a lot of mistakes. This is my insecurity coming through right now. I need to give those disclaimers. I just, this helps me process and understand. And if you've had similar experiences or if you have ideas, I'd love to hear them. I'd love to hear from you. You know, what are your thoughts on uh, these aspects of the journey? And I guess, uh, you know, at first I started wondering, I almost stopped myself. And like last month when I was getting all of this data on the war in in Ukraine, I got very upset over what I was putting out there for all of you. Because this also comes into to understand this, we have to at least question our own reality and our the impact our reality has on us and our consciousness. And the impact we have on our reality and our consciousness. And I I think we need to come into this with an open mind of infinite possibilities. Ranging from we are slaves to a predetermined timeline that we are powerless to change. To we are aspects or the God, the creative force in this universe. And have the power to manifest whatever we want. I think the answer probably lies somewhere in between, but I honestly don't know. I have seen, at least from my perspective, elements of both. And I think that's something that I struggle with all the time. And one of the things that I'm looking at in the world right now, one of the questions. I've been asking myself, because we, let's face it, we've been through the pandemic, we've been through the shots, we've been through the hardships with our jobs and the lockdowns, and now we're moving into the scary stuff with conflict in the world and beyond, believe me. And you start to ask yourself, what's this all about? Where? How can I... Find or create meaning in this so it doesn't feel so heavy and sad. How many of you start reflecting on your own lives? I know I I really have started looking within and basically asking myself if I had one year left to live,
1: what would I want to do? If I had six months, what would I need to do? If I found out I was going to be dead
0: tomorrow, What would I want to accomplish in that time?
1: If I found out I had an hour left to live, what would I do with my time? And I'm finding that I have trouble answering those questions when I stop and really think about it. And I'm finding that part of my problem is my fear. My anxiety over made up
0: consequences in my mind. If I choose this, how will this impact others? How will they feel? How will I be judged? How will I be loved? Those are such hindering thoughts. Are they necessary? Do they keep us safe? And I I ask that because as we look into the future and we wonder, Do we have the power to change it? These thoughts come into play. What are the consequences of meddling with something like that, if I'm even able to do something like that? If I can do something like that, more questions come up. Why?
1: Why do I have that ability? Does everybody else have that ability? Who or what? gave us that ability
0: or is that innate just through the process of creation if so are there others out there that can and do participate in manipulate and change to the timeline then you have to ask yourself do we look at a paradox do we look at a complete change to our current timeline and a change to the future do we look at the creation of a new timeline where the original timeline continues, but then this new timeline spins off? And if that's the case, then we're looking at a copy of our realities merging into a new reality that spins in a new, completely new direction. What happens to each one? Is that my consciousness now being split? Look, guys, I've got a lot of questions here. But these are the things that run through my mind that I'm trying to work through. Maybe none of it matters, but let's say. Let's say, for now, we stick with one timeline, and I have the power to send myself, gather some information from the future, and let's, let's keep it simple. Hey, I have information that there's going to be a fire in my home, so I go through and I change all my smoke detectors, and that, let's say that fire ends up in tragedy or loss of life, and I go through and I change all my smoke detectors, and then just to be extra safe, I take my family out of the house for the weekend. And lo and behold, yep, there's a fire, people get alerted, fire department gets called, everybody's safe. Now, if the future tells me that what I saw everybody was going to die, either I was wrong in my prediction or I changed the future. What impact does that have? Is that ethical? Or now are we looking at like the final destination series where no now death's going to chase me down? I don't believe that to be the case. I need to give a plug to... Uh, Ingo Swann, one of his books, it's called Psychic Literacy. And I want to talk about, I'm all over the place, guys, synchronization. Um, when you start processing a, a deep thought like this, and you're putting it out there into the psychic ether, the universe, whatever you want to call it, when you're really meditating and, and trying to figure this out, Answers, information, insight, guidance, it comes to you. It doesn't appear to you in the form of Morpheus showing up at your door. Not all the time. Sometimes when the student's ready, the teacher appears. But sometimes it shows up in the strangest ways. Uh, and I've noticed through technology, I swear there's some type of synchronicity between some of these thoughts and the AI algorithms that run things. But lo and behold, I, as I'm going through the really starting to ponder these questions, um, I follow the estate of Ingo Swann on Twitter, and they posted a comment very similar to something I was thinking about that was tied into his book, Psychic Literacy. So immediately I downloaded the book, the audiobook, and uh, I, you know, I, I listened to it, and oh my gosh, he talks about this exact thing, and he gives all of these examples of people who have received messages from the future. And he taught, and, and I highly recommend this book if this is a question that's, in, that's of interest to you. And he talks about um, examples of people who received a message from the future, a warning from the future, like, hey, you're going to die, and here's how it's going to happen. He gave very specific, well documented examples of things. And he showed how the people who listened to it and were able to interpret the information. How they saved their own life or the life of a loved one. And he talked about the people who did not heed that warning and how they died, how they succumbed to the fate that was laid out before them. So based on the research that he's compiled in this book, and there's so much more to this book, I highly, highly recommend it. It's not really a huge spoiler, Um, but it answered the question for me of, number one, is this possible? Yes, many people do it, and I suspect Information from the future is constantly flowing in our direction. It's not so much us going to extract it and pull it back, as opposed to us learning how to open our arms to receive it, or open our consciousness to receive it, and and then interpret it. And Ingo goes into great detail, saying, you know, as a society, we no longer uh, embrace this. Therefore, many people get these thoughts, these feelings, these dreams. They keep them to themselves. They have no guidance in how to begin to interpret these messages that may save their own lives. So if people are getting information from the future without trying, you have to ask yourself why, who is sending it? Are we sending this back to ourselves at our moment of trauma to try to prevent it from happening? Or is there a higher intelligence or a higher power in the universe that is trying to move us towards a specific outcome? Again, I don't have that answer, or is this all one and the
1: same? Depends on your perspective, I would imagine. But these are all the, like I said, I have more questions than answers on this here.
0: So what do we do? Well, I've decided I'm going to continue this experiment and see what information I can gather and see what I can learn about it. But here comes one of the things that I'm struggling with now. As I mentioned before, all those anxieties that tend to freeze me in my tracks sometimes. When I see something bad, or my friends who are in the remote viewing community pull back something scary, I then go into fear mode. I then go into panic mode. I then start getting that anxiety, and I start living in anticipation of that event I start bracing for impact it's like squeezing your eyes real tight and putting your hands up over your face you don't want to look at it but you know it's coming and sometimes it never hits because we're not always correct and sometimes it hits and it's not a big deal and sometimes it hits and you go through it and you realize I didn't need to put that much focus on this event because I had enough warning to get through it and move on so, going down this road, going down this path,
1: I think it takes a certain mindset, one that I'm working to build and develop. Uh, and it's not easy. And as I said a few moments ago, I, I find myself now living for the future. But all I Really experiences the present moment. And I'm missing the present.
0: And it's simple things like at at home, I can't wait to just move through whatever I have to do so I can get out the door and go to work. Once I get to work, I can't wait to get through my day so I can get back home. Once I'm home, I can't wait to do my chores and get my kids to bed so I can have a few moments to myself before I go to sleep. But once I had those moments to myself, Then I'm just tired and I go to bed and I wake up and do it all over again. I'm always just thinking about the next thing. And I really struggle to enjoy and appreciate the present. Believe me, I try. I'm aware of this stuff. I meditate on it. I try to focus on it. I try to be present. I just keep thinking about, well, what if? And I need to be ready for this. And I want to achieve that. And I want to get here to this. And I'm constantly chasing that carrot on the stick and not
1: enjoying what's in front of me and I I wonder if pursuing this exploration of you know the future I I just go back and forth
0: is that making this worse is my mind not cut out to use remote viewing or my intuition in that capacity or am I just at a major point of growth here where This is a very useful tool that I can use to alleviate some of my fears. And I think that's an an important question to ask and something to understand. Our fear, our fear is our gatekeeper. Fear can keep us safe, but fear can also keep us stagnant. I talked to, I've had the opportunity uh, and the privilege over the last year or two to I connect with a lot of people who are at a point in their spiritual journey where I was years ago, where I'm able to offer some of my experience to help, help guide them through that. I'm very thankful for those opportunities. But every time, what, I, what I've noticed is people are afraid. It's the unknown. And part of that fear is based on their worldview on their paradigm. And some of it, if you're just stepping out of, you know, organized religion, and I want to talk about that in a minute, it's those old stories that we hear. This is evil, or if you explore this, the devil's going to possess you, or you're going to go to hell, or you're going to open, you know, you hear a lot of times you're opening the door for evil to come in. And in some cases, you know, those things can happen, but that's a gatekeeper right there. Should it be a reason for you to not go through? Now, if you followed my podcast, if you read my books, you know that I said, Well, screw it. I'm going through that door. It's terrified me. It's been, in some cases, traumatic. This is a great upsell, isn't it? But that's the reality. I've learned in that fear. But I had to be at a point where I was ready to take that jump because I was either so afraid or so angry. We're so frustrated. All these emotions that we're told are bad and we need to work to get rid of them and and be in this calm, peaceful state. They propelled me
1: forward. And I know sometimes they paralyze us. So fear isn't always a bad thing, but ask yourself back to those questions I was asking in the beginning What do you want? What do you want? Out of your life, if you had a year to live, six months, a week, a day, an hour, what comes to mind? The th- one thing you need to do. Now, why aren't you doing that right now? And you're going to have a thousand reasons.
0: Well, because money, family, uh, I'm afraid it's dangerous, it's impossible. But Several times now that I've been on this journey, although I struggle to answer that question, I've gotten bursts of, I'll say, intuitive inspiration. I want to do this. I need to make this change. And there's times when I tap into that sense of knowing, that higher purpose, that higher call, and I ignore the fear because I trust in that feeling. And it goes, people who know me say, this is not like you. You're stepping way out of your comfort zone. And here's, here's my example. Last year, at, at the height of COVID, I watched, uh, two, I watched two shows with my, with my family. One was, it's called Finding Ohana, and it's about a Hawaiian family and an adventure they go on, kind of like the modern-day Goonies. It was pretty cool. Uh, it takes place in Hawaii. And the other was my, it was called My Octopus Friend. Many of you may have seen it on, um, on Netflix. And that was a beautiful movie, too. Beautiful documentary. I don't think it took place in Hawaii, but something while I was watching that second part, a fire was lit inside of me. And I said, I need to go to Hawaii. Now, I'm, I was someone terrified of COVID, terrified of travel, terrified of people, terrified of the whole process. No way you're going to get me in a crowded place, especially with my kids. And I stood up at the end of that movie. I said, We need to go to Hawaii. And within a month, my family and I were, were, went from New York City. We went from where we live to New York City Airport, JFK, to Los Angeles, to LAX, into Hawaii. And I had an amazing experience because at the time I was saying, I need to get out of Dodge. I need to move my family to Hawaii. And I just put it out there and I said, I need this to happen. Within a month, I was in Hawaii. Within, and I, you know, we came home. It was a, a, like a week and a half vacation. But within six months, I had a job offer
1: to go teach in Hawaii. But then I had too much time to think about it. I'm sorry, not one
0: job offer. I had three job offers and I turned them all down because I got afraid. What if? How will we do this? How will this happen? What's the impact of this? How will this person feel? And I started all of those fear-based questions, and it shut
1: me down. Was that the right thing for me? Was I sending a signal to the future? Was I receiving a
0: signal from the future? I mean, I had a sense of urgency when I got, boom, it just hit me. I need to go to Hawaii. And I, I manifested it. I made it happen, and I made it happen quick. But then I shut it down. And that's happened several times in my life it, It's because it scares me when, I, when it, the opportunity, I, I push for it, push for it, push for it, and in a short amount of time, all of a sudden it shows up, and then I don't know what to do because I'm not ready, I'm not really ready for that moment, for that event that I've been wanting. Or maybe I'm just too afraid. And I, I think when I can sit and step outside of myself... The key is you're never fully ready, but you need to be prepared to take
1: that leap. If you're going off of that intuitive pull and that intuitive drive, go with it. It's a constant
0: battle between heart and mind. Feeling and intuition versus the logical mind. The logical mind is what keeps us trapped. It's where that fear gets to process and say, nope, I wouldn't do that. That's not safe. That's dangerous. I struggle with that as someone who works so hard intuitively my mental game is equally as strong inside of me and it's a constant battle so that's the challenge in not just looking at the future but when you get that information from the future and you're saying
1: can i change this should i change this should i go after this What do you do? How do you process it? I hope that as you're listening to this, you're at
0: least thinking about reality and the flow of time
1: from a slightly different perspective. Doesn't mean you have to believe it. But I think back to when I was a kid with my
0: Catholic upbringing, and I remember. Just thinking about these questions that went against, quote, dogma, the scriptures, was considered a sin, and if you didn't absolve your sins through confession, well, then we all know what happens. You're going to spend time in purgatory, or you're going to go to hell. All of my thoughts, I felt, were being monitored by an angry but loving deity who was going to condemn me if I even allowed my mind to wander. When I stepped out of that dogma, when I said I've had enough, as scary as I thought that would be, it was the most, one of the most liberating experiences in my life. I can, I'm free to think whatever I want. And I don't have this this God in my head telling me I'm going to be condemned for the thoughts that I'm having. Now, what did I do for the first seven years of that freedom? I tried to find a new dogma. I kept saying, I need to find a new belief system. I need to find a new religion. And that was great because I dabbled in this. I dabbled in that. I found this that resonated. That didn't. I threw it away. And it brought me to where I am now, where I just go. I just am. In some ways, I know I still have my beliefs that lock me into certain areas. It was scary stepping out into that wilderness, but also liberating. And it opened me up to everything that I'm doing right now. It, it has made me who I am today. I feel like I'm answering my own questions here on the things that I need to do. And like I said, this podcast is more therapy for me sometimes. So I,
1: I hope I'm not boring you with, <laughs> with it. But what's, what's holding you back? What has fear done to you? Are you able to? And I'm going to tell you right now,
0: I don't know that I fully am, but are you able to sit down and either write or meditate on the exact scenario you want at first without even thinking about the consequences? Because I think that's the first step. But then, thinking about those consequences? What impact will this opportunity that I'm trying to create have on my finances, on my job or my career? How will my family react? How will my friends react? How will I feel every morning when I wake up knowing that I've manifested or achieved this thing that I really want to do? How will I feel knowing how my family or loved ones feel about what I have accomplished or ventured off to attempt to do. I think we have to really put ourselves in that state to understand that. Or maybe that's the road to overthinking, but I think to manifest, you need to look at those consequences. You need to recognize, I I remember with going to Hawaii, I remember I had all those thoughts of, here's how people are going to react to me, and I don't care. Because I will feel this when
1: I'm there. And that allowed that, those opportunities to open. Just can't stay in that state. So where does that leave me? Where does that leave us? Well, what I can say is my journey and my experiment will continue to be led intuitively. Intuitively.
0: I will continue to follow that intuitive drive which tells me I'm going to keep looking, going to keep collecting data to try to better understand myself, this reality, and my connection to it. Do I have the, do I have that power to influence and manipulate the reality around me? And if I do, I'm a hundred percent sure many of you, if not all of you, possess that same ability
1: to do the same thing in your perspective of reality. Now, if we have this ability, why has it been kept from us? Is it because
0: the powers that be or those in the know are afraid of the freedom
1: we create? Or the chaos that would ensue? Is this for our own protection? Or is this a natural point of growth for us where
0: we have to come into our own understanding through this perceived oppression that we're
1: facing? Either way, I think we need to make a choice. How are we going to proceed? And what do we want that future to look like? Although I am afraid to look, I will continue to peer ahead do my best to understand, navigate, and manifest. I know what I'm going to do. Do you? All right, friends, I'm going to call it quits here. It's
0: a short one tonight. I just needed to get these ideas out. Uh, I'm hoping I post it, but right now as I'm reflecting on everything I just talked about, I feel like it was a dizzying mess. So if you're listening to this, give me some kind of feedback here. Hopefully it's positive. Uh, You know, protect my fragile ego. But I wish you all the best in your journey, whatever that is, wherever it leads you. I truly believe that we can manifest a beautiful reality whatever that may look like and I hope you find the road to that whatever that path may be wherever that path may lead you Dennis Nappy II here with Sixth Sense Media this has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world I encourage you to be that change never stop questioning keep an open mind and let your intuition be your guide. Thank you.
1: Be water, my friend, be water, my friend. to my friend